0: And welcome back to MyRex at Movies, the show where we don't talk to about movies, we celebrate them. And today, we are celebrating the event that celebrates movies, the Oscars! The 91st Academy Awards is this year on Sunday, February 24th. And a week in advance, we are giving you guys our Oscars predictions for this year. Just like last year, Ruta goes through all the categories, well, almost all the categories, There are a few we're going to have to skip because we're not prepared for them. But we're going to go through 20 of the 24 categories, give you our thoughts on what should win and what's going to win. Uh, this year's Academy Awards. Isn't that right, G D Z? Yup, I just love the Oscars so <laughs> much. They're, they're so great. There's no problems at all with them. No, no, it's not like they can't find a host. It's not like they can't decide whether they want a Best Popular Film category. It's not like they want to decide what awards they want to cut out of the televised broadcast to save time, but then have to backtrack on that after Critical Outrage. No, no, it's not like the Oscars aren't riddled with problems this year. I love how, like, the Oscars have become so predictable, but now in, like, the commercials for it, they're like, you never know what's gonna happen at the Oscars, guys! Literally, when we went to see a film last night... They had an Oscars commercial playing before the movie that was like, oh, the Oscars are so special. You never know what's going to happen. Dreams come true. So many people that I love from the movies I love. Wow, isn't it so great? Let's totally forget about all the mistakes we've made that have caused people to laugh at us in the year leading up to this tonight. Hello. Well, the Oscars might prove to be a shit show as a performance, but it is still fun to talk and speculate about what will win the Oscars side and evaluate whether the Oscars will choose the actual best nominee or if they will choose a not so good nominee. I mean they somehow got it right like last year with Get Out, so Yeah. They did get it right the previous year. Will they get it right? This year, we will have to see. Probably not. (coughs) No, no. Well, anyway, just like last year, we're going to start bottom to top of these Oscar categories. We're going to go in order of where they are on the Wikipedia list from the bottom right category all the way up to the top left, which, of course, is Best Picture. So starting off, we're going to discuss Best Visual Effects. And the nominees are Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo A Star Wars Story. So, V-Lord, what should win Best Visual Effects out of all these films? Mm, I just don't know here. I I just don't know. I mean... Clearly, Ready Player One was the greatest movie ever made. Honestly, this might surprise you, but while I did not think Ready Player One was a particularly great film, I do think that of all these five films nominated, it had the best special effects. I think it was truly a visual spectacle in terms of what they did with it. It really was a interesting world that Steven Spielberg created, and it was kind of cool to see the Gundam and Iron Giant in the same space. That's pretty neat. In general, I thought they brought to life that world pretty well. So I would say that had the best visual effects. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I mean, to be honest, I never saw Ready Ready Player One, so I couldn't... (laughs) You you were just talking out of your ass. Yeah, exactly. I guess if I had to choose from the ones I did see on here, it would literally only be Avengers and Solo. So if I had to choose between the two, it would be Avengers. So those are our choices, but what do you think is actually going to win? Hmm. Ready Player One. Really? You think it'll go to Ready Player Actually, One? Actually, maybe not. There's a the thing, I'm not sure in this category. Maybe Avengers? Maybe? I feel that's the popular choice, probably. I but think they'll have the- to draw a bone to Avengers, you're right. Yeah, so may- maybe it is going to be Avengers. Okay. So, anyway, I'm going to write down what we feel should win as our choices for our Oscar predictions. And just like last year, we will see which one of us has the most predictions right at the end of the night once the Oscars are over. And there will be a penalty to the loser. Though whether the loser executes that penalty, we will see. I will say, my punishment last year was... To be that I was supposed to review the Emoji Movie, which I did not get time to do. But if I lose again this year, not only will I cover the Emoji Movie, I will cover it for 24 hours straight. That's right. If I lose this year, I will do a 24-hour Emoji Movie podcast. I don't think you can do that. Like... Of course you can. How about just review bad movies for 24 hours? Not just Emoji movies. No, the challenge is I'm going to have to talk about Emoji Movie 24 hours. You literally can't, though. There's not much to really dig into there. Well, we'll worry about it later. Hopefully, I won't lose and have to do that. But what should the penalty be if you lose? I think if you lose, you should just have to be forced to cover the Emoji Movie with me. Uh, What's the other option? I don't know. I guess the other option is that you would have to choose a bad film at my discretion solo podcasting. Hmm. Oh, okay. I'll go with that option. Okay. Well, there you have it. Those will be the penalties for the loser of our Oscar predictions. But to circle back to Best Visual Effects, We Lord has put down Avengers Infinity War, and I'm putting down Ready Player One. And we will see which one of us comes out on top. I will say, though, that I did not see First Man, and that seems like the more traditional Oscar-y choice for that crowd. But also, I think that because the Oscars is under so much scrutiny and under so much pressure to appeal to the masses, that they will choose Avengers anyway. Or Ready Player One, who knows? (laughs) Ready Player One might get it just because it's connected to Steven Spielberg. Yeah, maybe. But our next category is Best Film Editing. And the nominees are Black Landsman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. Lord, what's your opinion on this one? Best Film Editing, Vice. I- I'd probably have to go with Vice, to be honest. Vice definitely had the most experimental film editing and the most hilarious film editing. But it was... The credits started playing halfway into the movie. Oh my God. Like, fake out that, oh no. Cheney's never gonna get back into the political life. He totally ignores Bush's call to be Vice President. Oh, yeah, Such an effed up movie. <laughs> or, you don't think it's gonna be, like, horror levels of, like, effed up, but it is basically a horror movie. Yeah, but just... About the editing itself, yeah, it is chaotic, frenetic, but it really creates a mood and really is a good time. Like, a lot of the insane cuts they make in Vice is so good. I also think The Favourite is very much the same way. I thought there was a lot of really great editing in The Favourite, the way scenes would blend together and, like, the effect that could create. Especially the haunting final scene at the end where Abigail is... Uh, cleaning Anne's feet, and you see, like, the rabbits just overlaid on her as, like, the creeping realization comes about, like, the implications. Ooh, there are some great scenes like that in The Favourite. But, yeah, Vice, in terms of really memorable editing, consistently all the way through the movie, and just, like, the audacity of the editing. Uh, yeah, I want to give it to Vice, too. So I think we are both in agreement. Vice should win for this category. But what do you think will actually win? Shluen. you think they'll give it to Bohemian Rhapsody? Clearly, Bohemian Rhapsody has the best editing. I don't I mean, know why Bohemian Rhapsody is there. I mean, people have been sharing that clip on Twitter of a really badly edited scene of Bohemian Rhapsody. There, There's some neat editing moments, I feel. I feel like it's unfair to judge the film's... Overall I think just based on that one bad clip, but I think there are really bad examples of editing in that yeah. film. I don't think it is top tier on the quality of these others at all. But except I mean, for Green Book. I, I mean, Green Book's editing was fine, but something stand out. It's, yeah. pretty, it's a pretty average film from my yeah. perspective. Green Book's editing was functional, but it wasn't innovative in the way that Black Klansmen and Vice and Favorite were. Yeah, I mean, Black Klansmen I guess I'd argue that I wasn't super impressed by Black plans with editing overall, I guess, in comparison to Vice and The Favorite. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, if I had to choose one, I guess it would probably be The Favorite. It seems like something the Oscars would, like, try to pick. Okay. So we think that the Academy will choose The Favorite. All right. But we really want Vice to win. That's our real choice here. Wait, so you also choose The Favorite? No, I... I chose Vice alongside you, but we think that the Oscars will choose the Yeah, that's movie. what I'm saying. You also think the Oscars will choose the favorite? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, now we are going to move on to Best Costume Design. And the nominees are... The Blah, The Buzzer Scrub, Black Panther, The Favorite, Mary Poppins Returns, and Mary, Queen of Scots. I think The Favorite should win this one. Like, in terms of... The really spectacularly ornate costumes in the favorite. There are some really incredible costumes in the favorite that just look gorgeous. Stuff that I love to wear myself because of how incredibly w- well made they are. So yeah, the favorite is my pick for best costume design. What about you, Guala? Mm, I think I might also have to go with the favorite. And do we think the Academy will choose the favorite? I think I might throw a bone to Black Panther here. Really? Bat- Black Panther for best costume design? Actually, I, don't know, like... I mean, again, this is what the Academy is gonna choose, right? So, you really think the Academy's going for Black Panther? Actually, maybe I do have to stick to the favorite two for this. Cause I'm not sure, maybe I might go to the one of the other pet, cause I haven't seen those ones. But like... Like, but a lot of Buster Scruggs, you know, they have really nice western-style costumes and all. Mary Poppins Returns, you know, Mary Poppins has some nice whimsical costuming, too. Mary Queen of Scots is pretty much along the same lines as The Favourite, but I think The Favourite excels and surpasses it in terms of the memorability of the costumes. So, you know, they're both similar period pieces about England queens, but in that regard, The Favourite, I think, still has more memorable costumes. Yes, you know what, I'm going to stick with The Favourite on Alright, so the Academy has good taste, they will choose the favorite. Maybe. Maybe. Now, Best Makeup and Hairstyling. The nominees are Border, Mary Queen of Scots, and Vice. Thing is, I'm not really sure on this category because I've only seen Vice in here. I've not seen Border. I don't understand why Mary Queen of Scots has Best Makeup and Hairstyling and not the favorite as well. Like, if I were, had to give it off these three, I'd just give it to Vice. Yeah, you know what? I'll give it to Vice, too. But do you think that's the, what the Academy will choose? It's hard to say. There's is another issue that, yeah, I don't. I haven't seen the other two films. So, like, I guess, like, I'll I just go with Vice again. All right. So, we expect the Academy to give best makeup and hairstyling to Vice. Then let's see if they will. Have we disagreed on any of these what the Oscar, what the Academy is gonna choose yet? No, we're I mean, not supposed to. We're supposed to arrive at a consensus of what they'll choose. Oh, okay. And again, like the winner of our competition is for our personal choices, like oh, how many of okay. our personal choices overlap with I the Oscars. I thought we were. I thought we were like. Choosing over like who we think the like the academy is going to choose. We are doing that as well, but like our co- competition between us is about our personal choices. Oh, okay. So I'm like jotting down notes for three different categories: my choices, your choices, and what we think together that the Oscars will actually choose, and what we predict the Oscars are actually going to choose, and then we'll compare it to what the actual o- Oscars actually do choose. This makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, <laughs> but now we're moving on to best cinematography, and the nominees are *Cold War*, *The Favorite*, *Never Look Away*, *Roma*, and *A Star Is Born*. And I will say right away that by far, no question, *Roma* deserves best cinematography. That film is gorgeous. The way the camera is able to maneuver through the environment is incredible. The use of long hands in that movie is astounding, especially in climactic scenes. In terms of a movie just looking beautiful and the world of that film feeling like an environment that you, the viewer, can maneuver yourself in, definitely Roma is my pick here. And you, V-Lord? I feel bad, because I haven't seen Roma. It's on Netflix, V-Lord. You have no excuse. Yes, I know. Um. So yeah, I guess if I had to go in this category, I'd have to choose the favorite, I guess, again. All right. And why do you choose the favorite? I feel like, well, okay. So among these choices, I've only seen the favorite and then the star-, star is Born. I just don't think *The Star is Born cinematography was that great. Yeah. I thought it was decent cinematography, but in terms of, like, Memorable. Yeah, I don't find it particularly memorable, so... And do you think the Academy will choose the favorite as well? Mm, no, nah, I think, I think they might give it to a Star's Born. Really? Okay. Well, let's jot that down then. Let's take that interesting prediction. Will they give it to Matthew Libertin for a Star's Born? I hope they give it to Roma, but we will see. Anyway, best sound editing. Nominees are Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, First Man, A Quiet Place, and Roma. So, in terms of sound editing, what do you think? I think A Quiet Place had some... I, I mean, A Quiet Place is a movie that is all built around the sound editing, right? You know, all these other films have nominees in other categories, but A Quiet Place, I think it's only nom, I think it really deserves it for this one. Yeah, I'd give it to A Quiet Place. And that's what we think the Academy will give it to? Yeah, probably, I think. Alright, so we're in agreement. A Quiet Place should sweep this category. There should not even be a question if there is all fairness in the world. Which there, there isn't, but... Well, you know. We can dream. We can hope, can't we? Yeah. But Best Sound Mixing, V-Lord! What do we think is gonna win Best Sound mixing. we got Black Panther, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, First Man, Roma, and A Star is Born. I think I'd give it to A Star is Born. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that the way that they manipulate sound in that film to emotional effect is really great. Roma was also really great at that as well. But I think I'm also in agreement that since A Star is Born is so contingent on the power of the music, especially whenever Shallow plays, I think that really does quite deserve it. Yeah, and I think the Academy is also going to go with it too. Alright, so another one for A Star is Born across the board. Now, what about Best Production Design, V-LORD? The nominees are Black Panther, The Favorite, First Man, Mary Poppins Returns, and Roma. I'm split here between Black Panther and The Favorite. For me, it's Mary Poppins Returns without question. Like, the way that they created that environment. Oh, but actually, Roma, the way Alfonso Cuaron, recreated that particular era of Mexico. Now, that is quite incredible as well. See, I might be considering those if i had actually seen those films. Honestly, I feel like the entire trend here is going to be I'm going to be really regretting that I hadn't seen Roma before recording this. I am very shocked that you have not. I'm very disappointed that you have not. But, alas, what can you do? But, man, the way Alphonse of Corona is able to recreate a particular place and time like that is truly incredible. But in terms of, like, just a lavishly creative set, like some really memorable... Imagery on the screen. Really memorable locations. I think Mary Poppins Returns deserves it for this one. So I'm giving it to Mary Poppins Returns. I, now, guess, I'll, I guess I'll just give it to the favorite, but I think the Academy to choose Mary Poppins. You think so? Yeah. Alright. So we think the Academy will choose Mary Poppins, and that's my personal pick. But V-Lord is going with the favorite. And now we are on Best Original Song. And so, the nominees are All The Stars by Black Panther, from Black Panther, rather. And music by Mark Spears, Kendrick Lamar, and Anthony Tippett. Then we've got I'll Fight from RBG, music and lyrics by Diane Warren. The Place Where Our Lost Things Go from Mary Pong's Returns, music by Mark Scheinman, lyrics by Mark Scheinman and Scott Whitman. We've got Shallow from A Star Is Born, music and lyrics by Lady Gaga. Mark Ronson, Anthony Rosamondo, and Andrew Wyatt. And finally, When a Cowboy Trades His Spurs for Wings from the Ballad of Buster Scrubs. Music and lyrics by David Rawlings and Gillian Welch. So, We Lord, have you even heard all these songs? I played three of them before we started recording. Can you say the order that you play them in? I played I'll Fight First, Place for Lost Things Go Second, and Cowboy Third. I mean, I can, I can say right away what I know the Academy's gonna choose, but. Can we see it? street two, one, together? Cause okay. I think we're on the same yeah. page here. Street, two, two, one, one shallow. shallow! Yeah, shallow, I think yeah. that song is just so integral to that movie and just so emotional and the context and meaning of that song changes at different points in the movie to resounding emotional effect at the beginning the far from the shallows is Allie is far from her comfort zone but she's heading off on a new adventure together with Jackson but at the end it's like after Jackson's recovery it's like we're far from that struggle. We're far from that dark place now, which is tragic when she sings that because it's just when he's committing suicide. It is an incredible song for how it's able to create so much meaning in different contexts. So yeah, I think we we're in agreement that Shallow should invest the best original song, though I will say, of all these songs, the one that I've re-listened to most and will probably continue to listen to is Old Stars. I mean, in terms of like an enjoyable pop song that I like listening to, like I like that most. But Shallow is the one that deserves the Yeah, I like all the stars too. Really, like Black Panther had a pretty good soundtrack overall. I feel. Like. I but, mean, yeah, like Shallow. I think like Shallow has caught on so much with like people in the U.S. Like, like you you hear it on the radio and stuff even. I don't listen to music stations on the radio, but I will take your word for it. I mean, I just have it in green in my mind from the trailers and the film itself. Like, it sticks with you. It is a hauntingly emotional beautiful song. Yeah, so I guess if I, my personal preference, I guess I'd just narrow it down to shallow since I don't have yeah any strong memories about these other ones and yeah, I think Again, the Academy will also choose shallow. I think we're in agreement on this. I will <laughs> say that Elfite is a Fine song. I had to re- listen to it to really remember it. When Cowboy treats he- it sort of for Ring, I thought I, it's a catchy song, but like I completely forget it after hearing it. <laughs> and Place for Lost and Go, it's kind of the same way. Like in the context of the film, it's really emotional, but I just don't remember it. It's not my favorite song from that movie, even. Like there's so many better songs. So yeah, they didn't choose the right one for Mary Poppins in my opinion. But, yeah, uh, we're, we're in agreement. Shallow should win. My best original score, V-Lord, which film had the best music overall? Black Panther, Black Plansman, If Street could talk, Isle of Dogs, or Mary Modern Returns? And for me... It's Mary Poppins, because in terms of memorable music, an OST, a soundtrack that I would listen to again because the songs are so infectious. I thought Mary Poppins was full of childlike joy and whimsy and wonder. I really like all the songs, like Under the London Sky and Can You Imagine That. All of those are really nice. Dirty Turtle, really charming. So yeah, well, guess what, well, did Mary Poppins really have to return to give us those songs? Well, she wouldn't have been nominated if she didn't return. Crap, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I guess uh I, I'd probably choose Black Panther. Like I said, I just really like that soundtrack, so... Okay, and what do you think the Academy would choose? <sighs> Black Panther. Really? You think they'll choose Black Panther? Yeah. But why? I guess to throw a bone to like the Marvel fandom and kind of the whole African American community. Like this it's a what huge about fandom. black Klansmen then? Black Klansmen is I feel that's less significant than Black Klansman, because Black Klansmen it's about a black character surrounded by white people. While Black Panther was actually like a progressive But this is the music of the film. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking about the Academy thing on actual logic here instead of pandering to specific groups like they always do. They don't care about quality here. They care about basically pushing their own interests. And I think it could be Black Panther or Mary Poppins because they're both Disney. Yeah. But, like, I I think Black Panther will probably win this one. Well, I definitely wouldn't rule them out showing a lot of wins to Black Panther to troll a bone to fans of popular movies like they were trying to do with their best popular film category and then failed at because everyone thought that idea was horribly demeaning. So... I could see them throwing a bone Black Panther's way for this category. I mean, if they really wanted to make the word better, they could just get rid of all the old white people and actually make it a fair committee, but no. I mean, that could change over time, who knows. It doesn't seem like it will. <laughs> I guess we'll have to see. But, anyway, we'll have to move on to the next category. And, unfortunately, like we mentioned at the top of the show, we are skipping the best short film categories because we have not seen those yet. Hopefully. I will say, though, that I do remember Bao because Bao was shown before yeah. a Disney film. And I really liked Bao. Bao was a cute little film. with the Bao whole... was a really charming little yeah, film. Yeah, I like the whole dumpling analogy with, like, yeah. the... The son's head is, like, literally the shape of the dumpling. <laughs> yeah, it's just a wonderful story about a mother who misses her son, and, like, finds a surrogate in, like, this dumpling kit. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's cute. But, yeah, I'm interested to see uh the non-Disney ones, because those ones you never really get to see outside. No, areas. you have to seek out the screenings of the best sh- short animated films in order to see those. Yeah. So, yes, we're skipping the short film categories, and we are also skipping best foreign language film, because the only film that I have seen in that category is Roma, and V-Lord has not seen any of the films. And I don't know if we'll get around to seeing any of the films, but I know we both really want to see Shoplifters. Shoplifters was doing really well in Japan, so I'm, I'm curious about how good it is. I mean... And someone I'm hearing, it's a very interesting film. Yeah, so I think we both really want to see Shoplifters. I'm not going to cross our, my fingers on us podcasting about it. I don't think that we'll have time to schedule to do that, but I definitely want to see it. I definitely hope that we, Lord, and I get the chance to see it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know what will win the category, and I can't make an educated guess because I've only seen Roma. Though I, I think it's, it's probably gonna be Roma. It is probably Roma's gonna be Roma. It's gonna be Roma. But to be fair, I have not seen the other four films, so I, I mean, I, I think will the, abstain the from fact, the opinion. The fact that Roma got even got nominated, I guess, pushing ahead here, got nominated a best picture. Is a sign that how much attention it's gotten. It really has gotten a lot of attention. I I feel it's not going to win Best Picture. It it honestly won't. But they're going to throw it a bone at foreign film. Okay, yeah. I mean, it has ten nominations. It has to win something at the Oscars. The Academy may be a bunch of racist white people, (laughs) but they at least need to pretend to not be racist sometimes. Yeah, I mean... The film portrays the white family the, the Spanish maid is working for in a positive light, so, you know, it's not so you terribly... you see, are going to focus on that and say, like, hey, they think us whites are okay. <laughs> it's not terribly offensive or challenging for them, sure. <laughs> but anyway, what we will talk about is Best Documentary Feature, because I have seen most of the films in this category, and the nominees are Free Solo... Hail County this morning, this evening, minding the gap of fathers and sons and RBG. And so starting off RBG I thought was a very serviceable documentary, but I did not find it to be a very cinematic documentary. It's definitely like something you would watch on television and be like, oh, I learned something today. But it's not like a true cinematic experience that leaves you feeling like an emotional swell in your heart and like it's like an astounding thing that you've witnessed. You know? Ironically, I feel like RBG is the one that got the most attention in the wid- widest release. Which is it definitely weird. did. And probably, in large part because of its topicalness, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a very important figure. she has been an important figure in our popular culture and politics for a long time now, and also because of the recent like n- new wave of feminist empowerment kind of messages in the wake of Me too like this film has a very resonant message in terms of being about Ruth bader ginsburg's story how she her path in fighting for women's rights and getting into the supreme court and being one of the last bastions of resistance uh, in terms of being a left leaning judge on a court that is becoming predominantly right-wing in the era of the Trump administration. So, you know, there's a lot of political and social context (laughs) feeding into this movie that makes it, like, resonant and relevant in today's culture. So in terms of a message moving, in terms of, like, what I think that the Academy would choose, RBG is probably gonna win this, but I think that, of all these films, and I think that a lot of these films are well made, uh, Minding the Gap is a really interesting story in particular, that's on Hulu, but Free Solo, Was the one that felt the most cinematic. And like got me the most emotionally gripped. In it's narrative. It's the story about this guy. Who does free solo mountain climbing. Which is going mountain climbing without ropes. And this whole film is about him. Attempting to climb. This incredibly tall mountain. It's like an insane amount of feet. Like 3,000 feet or something. And... It is nerve-wracking. It is nail-biting in terms of, like, the tension of, like, whether he'll make it. Because this is a life-and-debt endeavor he's doing. uh, Throughout the movie, he's getting injuries, and there's a lot of concern of whether he would be able to make it. uh, Because, again, a whole impending dread is being brought up through this film. is like, you know, there are friends of his that have... Done this and have died young, and he has a girlfriend. He has people who care about him, who are really worried about him. The camera crew themselves are questioning themselves about the ethicalness of even filming him attempting this, because they might distract him, and any distraction, any mistake could lead to his death. So, throughout the entire film, there's just this incredible tension, this incredible anxiety, and it just leads to this amazing emotional catharsis when he does eventually succeed and it's just an incredible experience beginning to end so free solo to me is the most deserving winner of this category but i do think it'll be given to rbg and what would you say as someone who has not seen any of these documentaries i I think it's going rbg yeah so rbg probably gonna win this but free solo i highly encourage you to watch this film if you haven't and i hope that it could win, I, I really wish it would win because I think, like in terms of like all these documentaries, the so one that emotionally gripped me most so is definitely uh, *Free Solo*. Though I will admit I did not watch *A Foddress and Suns and I heard that is extremely great. But I'm sure a lot of a *Free Solo*'s way. But now we'll talk about one that uh, I know that we've always have very passionate opinions on: uh, the best animated feature category for this year. We should really just call this category, let's give Disney the award. (laughs) Basically. Yeah, I mean, Incredibles 2 is going to get the award. Everyone knows (laughs) it. Incredibles 2 had an amazing commercial success. But it was not a very great story. Yeah. Quite frankly. I mean, I guess if we're going off pure quality, I think it should go to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think we're born in agreement with that. I think the entire internet is in agreement with that you know that disney posted like for your consideration incredibles 2 like they post like a tweet about that recently and then all the replies are just people posting pictures of spider-verse <laughs> so it's like <laughs> come on the i think people are really rooting for spider-verse here yeah. so here's hoping the academy here's the message and actually listens to what the people want I, the I people want I, spider-verse i don't think they will This color is so heavily ingrained with Disney animated features that I feel like it won't stray away from it. Even with Spider-Man, even though the property has a partnership with Disney, since this film is a Sony production, I I just don't see it happening. I just don't. If it happens, I'll be very happy. It's won Best Anime Feature Awards in other film festivals. Yeah, it won the Golden Globe this year. So, who knows? It has a chance. Yeah, but the Golden Globes aren't as, I don't know, they don't stick to this Disney trend. I don't know. I'm very pessimistic about this category generally, and I've kind of just accepted that, yeah, it's just gonna go to the Disney film. Yeah, specifically the Disney Pixar film because of their pedigree, and of course because this was directed by Brad Bird, who is also a darling of the film community. Yep even though he condones John Lasseter's behavior and thinks he should not be punished for his terrible crimes against women over the years. Yeah, I mean, maybe that will convince the Academy not... Oh, wait, it's old white people, what am I saying? <laughs> well, Thank you, old white people. Uh, well, Incredibles 2 may win this, but we, like the rest of the internet, are hoping... That Spider Verse does. I Get hope in... me pictures of Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it Spider Man swings success and gets that Oscar glory. But now we're moving on to Best Adapted Screenplay. And the nominees are Ballad of Buster Scrubs, Black Landsman. Can you ever forgive me if Beale Street could talk? And A Star Is Born. I guess I'll give this A Star Is Born. I feel like with the Star Is Born, like it's kind of hard to keep readapting... Such an old, old, like, screenplay, and still make it work. Like, we've seen all the attempts of, like, Great Gatsby and stuff, where every adaptation has just been a train wreck, because it can't really stick to what the original narrative was. While Star is Born decides to do its own thing, but keep the original themes of the original film. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that is a very successful adaption, and I think the most difficult adaption here. Well, they definitely reinterpreted a story that's been told many times over well once again. But I think that the Coen brothers did great with the blood of Buster Scruggs and adapting a bunch of short stories by a bunch of different people and their own short stories and brought them to the screen, brought them to life really well and very beautifully. So I'm giving it to the blood of Buster Scrugs because at least that was more original than retelling this, a story that has been retold time and time again. Who do you think the Academy is- I'm sorry, it's born. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a legacy thing for Hollywood, right? Yeah. Like, you're going to definitely throw love that way. you, you got to throw love to yourself. Uh, that's the whole motto of the Oscars. It is the whole love. point of it, <laughs> basically. But what about best original screenplay, V-Lord? We've got The Favorite, First Reformed, Greenbuck, Roma, and Vice. It's Vice. Really? As a story? Yes, cause I feel like, with Vice, like, that is such a unique film, like, there's not much out there that's very much like it. And yeah, it's technically just talking about Dick Cheney's life, but the way it presents it all, in this horrific kind of sense, for a dude who's like, was giving like this like, kidney tip. Mm-hmm. He's like, just such a interesting way of like, handling it, and I don't know, I haven't seen anything like that. A long time. That is a fair point, V-Lord. I do think it was very interestingly written. I will say though, that for me, it is between the favorite and Roma. First of all, I want to mention with Greenbug that I am extremely upset about how that film was written, because very obviously, it's written in a way that's like meant to absolve the main character, who is of course white, of his racism by the end of the film, because, oh, he learned to be less racist. What a hero. It's white people trying to make themselves feel good. Yeah, basically, but that isn't what really pisses me off. What really pisses me off is that the writer of the film, which one of the writers of this film is the son of the actual Frank Felolonga. Nick Felolonga is one of the writers of this film. And for some reason, Neither he or the other writers uh, thought to actually reach out to the descendants of Don Shirley, his family, for their perspective, their input on this story. They're like, oh, I didn't know he had any descendants left. You didn't check? You couldn't have just easily checked? So that makes me upset. It's just such a one-sided story from just one perspective, but it definitely shows. And so that's what really pisses me off about Green Book having so many nominations and just the law- how it's being lauded and how it's gotten such newfound critical success in recent weeks because it- they got a wide release after the Oscars. And, Which, man. It still feels so weird because it's not even that like, groundbreaking on film. It's a story that's been told. It's the type of story that's been told again and again. What, what does it do that's so special? I don't know. I, I mean... I guess the message is, oh, it's so heartwarming that these two people overcame their differences and prejudice to be friends. Well, you know, white people, stop patting yourself on the back for learning to be less racist. Maybe stop trying to pat yourself on the back and actually do something in real life. Yeah, do something in real life about the systemic racism that is hurting people around you instead of feeling good about yourselves for not, for not being as mean to black people as you used to be yeah. like outwardly whenever, when the system is still rigged against people of color Yeah, I mean I, I guess like it may sound easy for the, non- the two non-white people on this podcast to be shitting on white people but like Green Book didn't do anything that hasn't been done before and it's just a film that's just trying to like Make you self love your own. Well, look, uh, I think at its core, that. Green Book's heart is in the right place. You it know? is. I can't say okay, I okay. disliked watching. No, Green no, 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 I like. I like watching too. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a fine story. Narratively, it's a compelling friendship. Narratively, it's fun. But you look at the production behind it. It's just like okay, you're you're literally just like to to be a little crude here, jerking yourself off. Really, I mean, I think this is a love letter from the son of Frank Walonga to his father. You know, well, then it's, he, but it's okay. It's, but again, okay, okay, what, okay, what makes I, me I, upset I, is that it's one-sided. They I did, he, didn't if he, reach he, out. He wanted a film about respecting your father. Do that about your relationship with your father. Not trying to bring in. Oh, we helped this black guy. That I'm not going to even try to get his perspective on. I'm just going to focus on my dad's perspective and how great he is for learning to stop being a racist. Yeah, like, what a, a very like basic understanding like, you, you, of like if, the if prejudices want, against Don. Shirley. If you want the, an I, emotional film about your father, just do it about yourself. Don't don't bring other people into it when you know jack shit about that. Look, I think the character of Don Shirley is still compelling in the film, but like definitely this was not authentic to me. It definitely did not read as authentic telling of a real story. So, that is the one I <laughs> hope does not oh, win. We, yeah, we were about that. Than I thought we were. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> someone should at least, but yeah. You know. no. uh, yeah, so that's the one I hope doesn't win. But, man, the favorite is just really fascinating. That feels like really novel-like. So does Roma, honestly, and I really have to appreciate how autobiographical it is with Alfonso Cuaron taking in so much of his personal life and shaping that story. So in terms of like a real emotional core to that screenplay, Roma really has so much heart and love behind it. But it also comes with that the biases Alfonso Cuarón does have, I guess, in his perspective. Like he's definitely placing himself in the space of he was that white kid, the white boy that. His nanny was taken care of, and the nanny is the main character of this film, so it's definitely like seeing her struggles from that perspective. Even though the film takes it a it distance itself to look at the situation from the perspective of the nanny, but what from the way it's written, it really is more from the perspective of the children the nanny is taking care of and all of that, or the housekeeper. So there is some problems I have from that perspective that, you know, disappoint me in some respects, even though I still think Roma is excellently written. The favorite is just such A compelling, just engrossing story. I just love the way it's written. I love the way it's structured into these different acts to show the downfall of Marlboro and the rise of Abigail and just that entire narrative. So I'm going to give it to the favorite. And what do we think the the Academy will choose? I think it's going to be the favorite. Yeah, I hope they choose the favorite. As long as they don't choose Green Book now, I think they'll be happy. Yeah, hopefully not. But now we're getting into the big categories. The big six that all the movie podcasts and shows talk about. And talk about to the detriment and exclusion of the other categories, oftentimes. But, nope, we saved them for last. We will talk about them. With as much respect as the other categories. But yes, they are the big categories, obviously, because that's the one that they hype up so much. But anyway, best supporting acts, we lord. Uh, the nominees are Amy Adams for Vice, says the character Lynn Chaney, Marina de Tavira for Roma and Sofia, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk as Sharon Rivers. Emma Stone for the favorite as Abigail Marsham, Baroness Marsham. And Rachel Lice for the favorite as Sarah Churchill, Duchess and Marlborough. So first of all, I don't know why Emma Stone and Rachel Rice are best supporting actresses when they're the lead actresses of the favorite. But, yeah, do they think the queen is the main... The character? Queen is not the main yeah, character Yeah, okay, whoever watches that film thinks the Queen is the main character and not paying attention. I think it really just has to do with the actress. They wanted to give Olivia Colman, because she's a legacy actress, the best actress nod. And then because Stone and Rachel Weiss are definitely the deuteragon of the film, they gave them best supporting actress. Which like, is so gonna dumb. Okay, if, she, if she's had her time to shine, put her as supporting actress. What, what's she going to do? Like, <laughs> no, it's real. It's really because you can't again, like we have joked about for a long time. Oh yeah, uh, R- racist white people are stuck in their old ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other Emma Stone, Rachel Weisz are white too. Yeah, I think this is more of an ageist thing. Okay, yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, look. Uh, Olivia Coleman, or at least has never won an Oscar, I think. Okay, so. it doesn't have to be best actress though. I think she'd be fine with best supporting actress. I really feel that she was, she was not the lead role. She was definitely- She isn't, and the fact the that third they're- trying, most important character, If they're trying to insist she that she's the best actress, like, why? Just so she can win this award and get nominated for this award that she probably isn't going to win? Uh, I guess we'll have to get to that and get to that. But anyway, right. so Best Supporting Actress, really, it is between Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz, right? E- e- yeah, it totally is. And so, who do you think should get this? Knock? For me, it's Rachel Weisz, because yeah, Emma Stone already got a. Yeah, Emma, Emma Emma Stone got her chance to shine. She's still an amazing actress. I love her in The Favourite. She got it ra- for ra- all ra- Rachel, Rachel Weisz deserves it. She, she deserves her spot. Yeah, Sarah Cho Duchess Marlborough, fascinating character, beautifully brought to life by Rachel Lies. There's so much to that character in terms of complexity and in terms of how she can act one way in another moment and then radically different in the next. And, like, the how she puts up such a strong front, but... There is always that emotional vulnerability that you can see peeking beneath the surface. And the interactions between her and Olivia Colman's character are just so great and compelling. Yeah, so for me, it's Rachel Lies for Sarah Churchill for the favorite. Who do you think (laughs) the Academy is going to choose? Oh, if there is justice, they will choose Rachel Lies. Because again, Emma Stone won... Didn't she win best actress too? She won best actress. Yeah, so what's the point of winning best supporting actress? Yeah. From their logic. It's like Yeah, she doesn't need best supporting actress. She only has a best actress in her. I mean, from from the Academy's perspective, these are all just like Give me away gifts. So, like, I think they're just going to give it to Rachel because their whole thought process is going to be. Okay, we gave it to Emma last. We gave Emma best actress. Is she really going to want to support an actress? <laughs> nah, okay. <laughs> Let's give it to Rachel. She she seems like she'll want it. Like, you go to her shelf.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay.
0: yeah, well, regardless of their rationale or how they'll rationalize sorry, it. Their rationale? <laughs> yeah, well, either way, Rachel Vice, I think, is, again, we both she deserves it, and we both think the Oscars will actually get it to her. Yeah, but Emma, Emma still would be okay. She was a dumb-as-fuck psycho in that movie. Oh, but... she was freaking awesome as her character. Like, oh, God. Uh, I love... Uh, okay, let's see where she's jacking off her. Oh, my camera. God. <laughs> Doing the evil plotting is so. She's crazy. such a dumb. She's just so... <laughs> The po- the power play, the power dynamic she has between other characters in that movie is so freaking yeah, good. It's like goddamn oh, <laughs> Man. The both Emma Stone and Rachel Vice characters are just so great, so fascinating, so cool. But yeah. Great these are probably my favorite performances out of any movie this year. I yeah. mean those two characters. Those two actresses. But let's move on to the su- best supporting actor. And we got Marshala Ali for Green Book as Don Shirley. Adam Driver for Black Klansman as Philip Lip Zimmerman. Sam Elliott for A Star is Born as Bobby Maine. Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me as Jack Hawk. And Sam Rockwell for Vice as George W. Bush. So I don't know why Sam Rockwell was nominated for Best Supporting Actor and not Steve Carell. Yeah, Come Steve on, Carell was so good in that movie. Man, yeah. If, if I had to choose like someone from here, it would be between, uh, uh, Marshall Ali and Adam Driver. Despite Greenbook having a lot of problems, his performance as Don Shirley is very good. I, yeah, I, I thought his Don Shirley was really compelling. Yeah. You know, I really felt for the character and all the danger he was through and, like, how he was trying to put himself together as a person, like, tr- and the way he was trying to present himself and re- maintain his dignity, even when other people would not treat him with dignity, just, Man, he is a truly compelling character, and so I wish the movie was from his perspective a bit more, but I think in terms of performance, like Marshall Ali did amazing with the material he was given and really made that a performance that's so memorable in a character, a portrayal of Don Shirley that is true to the person. Adam Driver, I'm just a big fan of his acting. I think he's a very talented guy, and I think this is his first ever nomination for the Academy Awards. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So like, I really think that maybe he should get it or something. But, I don't know. Like, for one thing, I guess it's worth knowing that Marshall Ali did already win Best Supporting Actor in 2017 for Moonlight. Yeah. So he's had his chance to shine. So did so, Sam Rockwell for last year for Street Billboards. So yeah, if I had to give it to anyone here, I'd give it to Adam Driver. Alright, so I'm still going with uh, Marshall Ali. I, again, I do think that his performance was the best out of all these. But Adam Driver would be a good choice. And you think the Oscars will choose him? I think in, so, yeah. Over Marshal Ali? I think so, because from their logic, they're not thinking about the same qualities. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, We Lord is going to be Adam Driver and to Marshal Ali. And uh, we think that the Oscars will choose Adam. And now we are at Best Actress, and the nominees are Yalitza Aparicio for Roma as Cleo de Grau, Real Cleo Gutierrez, Glenn Close for The Wife as Joan Castleman, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite as Anne in Great Britain, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born as Ally Campagna, and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me as Lee Israel. So, who do you think? this this is a hard one because i i like so i haven't seen the wife or can you forgive me so for the street actresses performances who i've had seen i think they're all really great and compelling but you know this might be the dark horse but i really feel that of the three characters the one that i felt most for that i was most entranced by was lady gaga's performance as ally i thought her character arc in that movie was A great journey that we were put through. I really felt emotionally devastated during her low points in that film. And I thought she had an incredible range. And I just feel for, in terms of acting, like she she turned out a performance that you would not expect from Lady Gaga. You know, being someone who starts out the film just so humble or not... Flashy or quirky or weird in the way that we know Lady Gaga to be. So she played against her own type really well, I thought. And to me, that just made, the contrast made the performance all the more memorable and surprising. Yeah, I mean, she very much plays against the expectations you'd, you'd see from her in a film. Like, you'd think that she'd be, like, way out there, kind of bombastic or something. But no, she plays this very realistic, and I, I respect that a lot. Um, I guess, like, as, in terms of what the Academy might choose, I think, like, well, you said it might be Olivia Coleman. Yeah, I actually think it will go to Olivia Coleman. So, I think we're both in agreement that Lady Gaga was, <laughs> was our favorite actress. Would <laughs> like, what, what you Arch- ever mean? expect us to have Lady Gaga nominated for an Academy Award, though? I mean, no, because we just know her for her music, but not really yeah. the real. The real. We don't know her range in terms as a person, like behind like the performance she usually gives as that character, Lady Gaga. But like, yeah, you know, she is a great actress too. I hope to see her in more roles because I think she would actually be really good. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so we both really like Lady Gaga, and we would be happy if she won. But we also think that Olivia Coleman will actually win and for best Actress, and now best actor v lord christian bale for vice as dick cheney bradley cooper for A star is born as jackson jack May william Dafoe for eternity's gate as winsome and go rami malek for human Rhapsody as freddie Mercury, Viggo Mortensen for green book as frank tony lip and bella so the one that i don't think should win is rami malek for freddie Mercury because even though i think that You know, he was entertaining enough Freddie Mercury. He isn't as good as what Sasha Baron Cohen could have been. That is always going to be a lingering thing that'll cast a shadow over that performance in that movie. He does really well with the material he is given, but yeah, I don't think he does it standing in terms of bringing Freddie Mercury to the right. Yeah, it's it's a pretty average performance to be honest. Now, through the grapevine. I've heard that Villain Defoe might get this. I have not seen *Eternity's Gate, but just because he has not gotten it yet in uh, previous years, I think that they'll finally acquiesce and give him it this time. Yeah, I could see that. I mm-hmm. guess in terms of like objectively best performance, hmm, it'd be between Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. I think if I was leaning one way or the other, though, Bradley Cooper. Okay, Bradley Cooper. Yeah, I, th- I really thought Jackson Ming was a compelling really character. I mean, again, Christian Bale did amazing, bringing Dick Cheney to life. Like, you really forget he's the the other one. You're like, wow, you're actually watching... They they really make him into a dick. (laughs) They really do. (laughs) He's such a dick. But, yeah. Uh, Again... I think that just like Lady Gaga, I thought Bradley Cooper did amazing as Jackson Maine in terms of crafting that a compelling character. That you know, I really hated watching the movie. I did not like him as a person, but a character like I taught, was incredibly fascinating, and I really enjoyed his performance. He really brought that character to life. And yeah, I would say a star is born. Say anything else you want to say about it, but I think that they, that movie had like. Two of the most compelling leads of any movie that we saw last year. Yeah, for sure. Besides, of course, the favorite. But you yeah, know, in terms of like a central relationship that was like mutually loving, and which made you know, of course, their story older more tragic. Yeah, I would say, man, a *Star Wars: Born* definitely had two really compelling characters that he felt for, and I think Bradley Cooper was one half of those characters, and yeah, I will also give it to him for Jackson, and and we think that's what the Academy's gonna choose. I think, I think they're gonna choose Willem Dafoe. So yeah, we think Willem Dafoe will get this one, but yeah, uh, we thought Bradley Cooper was very deserving of it. Now we're down to the big two, we lord! We got Best Director, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, Spike Lee for Black Tanzman, Paweł Polonowski for Cold War, Yodos most for the favorite, and Adam McKay for Vice. Because I have no idea about this category, at least about what well, the Academy is going to choose. Uh, if I'm personally choosing here, uh, it goes to the favorite, no question. I'm giving it to Roma, again. I mentioned this before in Best Cinematography, but like that film is just gorgeous looking. It is masterfully directed in terms of creating mood and atmosphere and getting you in that environment. So, I'm giving it to a fall into Quran for Roma. But, again, the favorite would be my runner-up choice, because that is also an incredibly well-directed, like, incredibly well-made film. And the top process behind it, the thought behind it, is just so evident, and it's just masterfully crafted. But what do we think the Academy will choose? Who, like, they give it to? That's tough. I think they might give it to Spike Lee for Black Plansman. I think so, too, because... He hasn't gotten one yet, and he's yeah. a very popular director. You gotta throw him the bone. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I will agree that Spike Lee, he'll get it for Black Klansman, but I want Alfonso Caron to get this one, and uh, Yorgos most for the favor would also to be a worthy contender. And finally, we have arrived at the biggin. The best picture, you lord And, let's run down the nominees. We got Black Panther. Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born and Vice. Oh, this is a big one, B-Lord, and I've been thinking a lot about my favorite was and I think my favorite was the favorite. I'm giving best picture to the favorite, baby. I think out of all the Oscar nominees, that was the film I was most spellbound by, the most entranced. It had the most interesting story, the most compelling story, amazing performances. There were a lot of other great films nominated for Best Picture this year, but the favorite in terms of the overall package as a film that I was just entranced by and would like to revisit again and study and just be enamored by those characters in that world, the favorite is my pick for Best Picture! Yeah, I agree. Um, but what do you think the Academy will choose? Oh, they're gonna choose Black Panther. Do you think so? They have to throw the popular crowd of, a bone. If they choose Black Panther, that'll go against all expectations. They'll make waves. They'll get a lot of people back to loving the Oscars again. And that's the buzz they want to generate. What I'm thinking they're gonna do is that they're gonna give it a Star is Born. Then suddenly, <laughs> the, the, the note's gonna, blow like, uh, the letter is gonna burn on the fire. And a tiger is going to appear out of nowhere. And then the tiger is going to get killed by a panther. And then Kevin Page comes out of the panther to give him <laughs> the award for Black Panther. What? They're going to murder a tiger on screen? <laughs> it will be a fake tiger. He'll use a fancy CGI or something. What, what does a tiger have to do with Black Panther? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what does it have to do with a star is born? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. No. <laughs> it would make more sense if Lady Gaga was mauled by a bear. <laughs> no, that's violent. <laughs> She'd be into it. It's kind of the crazy stunt she likes doing. I mean, they said, uh, we can't, uh, you don't never know what's gonna happen to the Oscars, so. <laughs> yeah, that would. <laughs> Definitely be unexpected. They're, they're gonna try to recreate the Moonlight winning the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You give it to the white people and then, no, no, we're playing the race card this year. No, the, yeah, the fake out. This time it'll be intentional instead of a slip up. Maybe that, maybe was, that time it was intentional. No, you never it was know. not. It was not. No, know. it was not. <laughs> it was all further master plan, Sid. Why else do they have a duplicate card? <laughs> 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 Maybe they changed it at the last minute. but Regardless, so, Black Panther or Star is born. Let's get real here. What do we think the Oscars is actually going to choose? Black Panther. Okay. Yeah, we'll see if we're right, but <laughs> honestly, that would be the smart choice if they want to... Win back public opinion and create the favor. At the of same the time, they're old white people, so like, they, they just want to please their fellow old white people. Yeah, but they also are businessmen, and they have to think about what's the best business decision for the Oscars. Yeah, that's fair. Cause last year's was the lowest rated in their history, so, you know, they wanna get more eyeballs on the screen, and the best way to do that is if they get people excited about Black Panther winning and then encourage them to watch next year in hopes that their favorite film will also win this picture next year. The <laughs> 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 oh, academy. Yeah. Oh. The Oscars is my favorite joke. <laughs> But the Oscars in the are just a joke. What <laughs> yeah. What's the best joke? The Oscars, uh, the Super Bowl, or the Grammys? Does anyone pay attention to the Grammys nowadays? Like that's the joke that the Grammys are worthless. They're all worthless. All of them are just in the trash. Like it's like comparing like three pieces of shit. Like, <laughs> Okay, this one's slightly bigger, but am I going to pick up this other one instead? No, I'm leaving it on the ground. Well, which one would you pick up if you had to? Mm. A A smelly shit? A big shit? A small but watery shit? Which one's which? That's up to you. They all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> Even the one that's a puddle? Yes, they're all puddles. They're, they all look some puddles around me. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> oh, I mean, like, guess I'd go with the Super Bowl just because, like, football is, like, really boring, but at least the commercials might be okay. But the commercials are shit this year. Maybe they'll be better next year. Will they? They probably won't but I can at least just be on my phone in the background. Okay. Well, I think we have arrived at the end, our destination for this Oscars podcast. So for now, we will close up this podcast for our Oscars 2019 predictions, and we will reconvene next week for whatever we'll talk about, whatever I decide to release next. But, V-Lord, where can the people find you? The people can find me on Twitter at v Um... You can also find my reviews of manga on all-comic.com where I am reviewing Hinamata Sumo, Demon Slayer, no Yaiba, and ActAge. And I might also be doing some other reviews on there in the future. I was having a bad occasion on Manga Mavericks and yeah, that's kind of it. If you want to see what else I'm up to, just keep uh, track of me on Twitter. It's usually just me reading manga watching anime or complaining about shit yeah so that's just the bit as for me you can find me at Lomromayasha on twitter animation revelation analyst wherever there's a Lomromayasha that's where you can find me you can also read my reviews on allashkama.com I've been writing anime movie reviews lately I've got reviews up for the films I'll, like Dragon Ball Super Broly, 100, Hunter Last Mission, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. I'll have more reviews up in the near future on manga and anime movies, so definitely look forward to those. But as for the show, you can follow Manga Mavericks on Twitter, at manga mavericks on Tumblr, at Mangamavericks.tumblr.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, manga mavericks. Just search for Manga Mavericks in the search bar, you will find our channel. You can also subscribe to us on Apple podcasts or iTunes and whatever other podcast platform of choice that you like using, we are on there. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, all of those. And make sure to subscribe to us, to watch our content, like our videos, leave us a rating and review. All of those things help us grow the show, help us reach more audiences, and help us become even better. But. We also want to encourage more engagement with our community, so join our Discord, link is in the description. Definitely email us any of your questions, comments, and criticisms to MangaMavics at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, help us pay for movie tickets or manga volumes, definitely drop us some donations on our Ko-fi. Link for that is in the description as well. My Ko-fi. Uh, which is just Kofi feed slash Ramayasha. Any donations will really help us pay for movie tickets and manga volumes, which will really help the show out. And that about does it for this episode of Manga and Maverick Sad Movies talking about the 91st Academy Awards. We'll our predictions prevail which one of us between the two will have most of our picks validated by the academy what will get snubbed we will find out next week I suppose but until then this has been Manga Mavericks at Movies and we will see you in the next one and see ya!